The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Kapp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Hey, welcome back. I was just thinking about the fact that when I was a kid, my favorite word was malaprop. That's when you're thinking of a word and the wrong word comes out. I always thought that was the greatest word, and it felt to me that I did it all the time. And it felt like whatever my brain was trying to say, something else was trying to come out instead. It, it was really driven home to me, this fact, when over 30 years ago I had a brain injury and I had post-concussion syndrome for a bit over a year. And a friend was helping me and trying to get help me get organized and get a bunch of things together. And I wanted to say to her, thank you for being so efficient. And instead, what came out of my mouth was, thank you for taking care of my fish. To this day, she still sends me cards with fish on them. Um, but, you know, I realize now that what was coming out of my mouth, and I, I'm just realizing it right now as I say it, is she helped me with the flow of things. She helped me just, you know, I was trying to swim upstream and I couldn't get things done and my brain was not, not doing what I wanted it to do a lot of the time. So it made perfect sense helping to take care of the fish, helping me to swim the way I needed to. I think the soul is trying to tell us things all the time. We'll have deja vu, we'll have little hiccups of a memory, and what we've brought up before, sometimes remembering the future, all kinds of things like that. I've come to learn through channeling that our soul has access to, it feels to me, however, you know, there's so many ways to put this, but a higher consciousness. People talk about the Akashic Records, they talk about, you know, access divine consciousness, and of course we are all part of divine consciousness. The mind is too. And we're going to talk a bit about today how the mind is trying to protect us and it's trying to, the ego of course is trying to help us get through situations, especially if we're a child and being hurt, it needs to protect us. And sometimes that ego can build a wall and not let other people in. And sometimes that ego, even if we break down that wall, will sometimes not let our emotion out and we don't even know it's there. 
so many, like we've talked about before, so many people when they see that life review and they see that they, they didn't reach for the hug or they turned away because, not because they didn't want to deal with you or see your tears or answer you, because they were confused, because the mind took over and it was so deep and so hurtful or they were so defended. Do you know that the more defended somebody is, it's because they're protecting their heart. Think about it. When you come up to somebody and they're too defended to hear you, you know what they're afraid of? Vulnerability. Children are very, very vulnerable. And when they go up to their protectors and the people who are, that they, that they need to trust, their birthright is to be taken care of correctly. And they might not be, either emotionally, physically, something is going on. And even if they're being taken care of impeccably, sometimes the person taking care of the child can be in a mood or something happened. And we as children, we take everything so personally. So we start to become confused about what's ours and what's theirs. And when people are out of body and they're talking about how they wish they had responded or they watch their behavior, oh, so many are heartbroken because their intention was good. You know how many times I've heard I was not willingly withholding? Oh my God, I never wanted to withhold from you. I didn't know how. I didn't even know that I was doing it. I was so conditioned. People will talk about mental conditioning and they'll talk about the wiring as being part of the biological, the physiological part of what's going on. And of course, that will affect the psychological part of what's going on and can affect our behavior. If somebody has a hurt knee, well, you know not to walk on it, right? And you know to put it up and to heal it and you can direct energy to it. And you can use that beautiful mind of yours to direct energy and to direct your heart's energy, your gut's energy. And to take yourself and the doctor and to do whatever it is you need to do. When the mind is misfiring, and again, it is an organ, when it's misfiring, how can you best direct yourself? Maybe there's someone around you who can help you. But so many people out there report, please, to their loved ones, it is not your fault that you're not the keeper of my breath. If I had something happen and ended up out of body, sometimes you can't know. Sometimes they, they say over and over, sometimes we didn't know ourselves. I had talked about last time a young man who talked about it being a heart, like a heart attack. It was a head attack. And that happens sometimes. And often there are people who have had dementia and they come in sharp as a tack and they're very, very um, adamant in reporting that what happened to them with the dementia was physiological. That they have, that they're sharp as a tack and they remember everything. And it's very important, a point of pride almost, to let people know that. Because, of course, while people are in that state, if you talk to them, when you talk to them, when you think to them, they can hear you. Do you know that people in that state of dimension, the further they go into it, the more they're picking up with their other senses? Their mind is having trouble downloading the way they used to. In fact, that's the whole purpose of it. So the mind can't block whatever it was that demanded of them that they build walls to keep themselves safe. 
that were keeping them safe long after they needed them, those walls, as adults, when all they wanted was be, to be able to reach out and hug and share that love. So we have conditioning, and so when people are out of body, once they get past what they feel is the shame of not having the response they wanted, they realize that their intention was good, and that all of this learned behavior was so conditional that they didn't even know they were doing it, and oh, how, how they wish they didn't. But now is now, and they're out of body, how can we best heal this? Well, of course, they're tricky out there and also helpful. Well, if you do the work around this, you know, they are tr tricky little therapists out there. If you examine your childhood, if you go in your life review and you look at the patterns that helped create this, your parents, grandparents, you know, what's going on, schooling, the things that helped you shut down and create limitations because you didn't feel that you could be authentic or your authenticity was not getting the results you thought in your soul you would receive. How very confusing for a child when coming from out of body, they still have the memory of everything just energetically connecting. Well, of course, that's why we come in. Why do we come into this land of confusion where we set our knowingness to a back burner and let the mind take over? It's so that we can have the experience of who we're going to be. It's how we, I don't like the word test the soul, but that's what I'm hearing. Because we like to do that. We like to think of ourselves as expansive and loving and with great intention for the most part, that's who we are. And then we come in and we learn all these things and we end up with a life review. We were not doing what was intended. Can we save ourselves and our loved ones from this pattern? Of course we can. Part of it is our understanding, those of us who are in body, that we can literally honor our loved ones, but we do not need to honor the dysfunction that they now are not honoring. You see, so, so often we carry... People we love, you know, it's, it's interesting. My, my mother had cancer, and after she passed, when I was going through some pretty heavy-duty cancer treatment, my body reacted as if I had radiation in a different part of my body. My husband figured it out because I didn't see the forest for the trees. I just knew I was hurting. And he and the oncologist sat there while I was just kind of stunned and talked about how my body was reacting as if I had received my mother's, my mother's radiation. I had burns. How do we do this? It's how I carried her. Hey, I can channel. You'd think I wouldn't be worried about it at all. Just like everyone else, I justified and understood, especially with my mom, who was physically unable to get around and basically functioning more from the soul level than from the body level at, at, at the point of her going out of body. But you know what? I'm a human, and I had to learn that even though I felt it was the better thing for her, of course, to not be suffering, and of course, I'll be able to channel her, I'm still a kid who wants their mom. And it was a way of me holding on to her, you know? Even with channeling, there's, there's wisdom that, you know, our needs, you know, yeah, could I have figured that out? Maybe. But our gut does what it does, and it holds on and it carries in whatever way it needs to. And of course, there's something else going on when we're in grief, and I think I've touched on this, and we'll talk about this some more. 
we're, we'll be talking about vibrational fluctuations. We all vibrate at a, at a certain frequency, depending on what's going on in our lives and how we just tend to be tuned. We can expand our frequency with all the wonderful and beautiful things here. We can do all kinds of things to expand our frequency, and people who are out of body vibrate at a higher frequency. And so when we raise our frequency, we can hear them and we can have more communication. When my mother went out of body, I of course was grieving. I was able to channel for other people, but because I was grieving for her, very naturally my vibrational state was lowered, and that's very normal. Some of us have experiences immediately after people pass. Some of us, well, we have trouble picking them up because our vibration is just naturally lower, and it's a natural time of grieving, and that's when we are allowing ourselves to let it leave our body talking, crying, carrying on whatever way will, will help relieve us. And we have to give ourselves that time because we are in the physical body and we do need that release. But I was surprised. In my vibrational state, I could feel that she was there. Now I can channel her. She is, she is with me and advising, and she always has an opinion, which is pretty wonderful. But we have to give ourselves that grace period. And they're saying they chose that word for a reason, a state of grace understanding and allowing the soul its wisdom. You see, I was trying to carry my mom in the way that, you know, gee, I could channel for other people and that's not coming in. Ah, this is how I can channel her. Smart, well, has nothing to do with smart. Yeah, bypass the brain, I think. The body was trying to hold her. Was my soul doing a disservice to myself by realizing I'm doing this? my way of carrying her. I was carrying her through illness. Sometimes people do it with weight or with habits. We'll pick up somebody's habit that we weren't really loving, but then we start picking it up. Oh, I'm going to do this, you know? It's our way of holding on to them. Do you know what they would really, really, really like for us? This has come in over and over and over. They would like for us to understand and realize that as they're doing their life review, they're understanding the things that caused what they believe now to be their dysfunction or limitations. Why were they afraid to break through them? Well, a lot of the times they didn't know they were there. And if they did, even if there was an inkling, there's a vulnerability. Because when we pick up some of these patterns, when we're not getting the natural res response that we thought we would get when we're smiling and bringing that flower or doing something sweet and kind and somebody is distractive and, and, and just brushes us off, we, we start to feel that whatever it is inside us is not enough, is not appropriate, and there might be something shameful about it. And so we start to depress and suppress that part of ourselves, but we're still learning how to function and we're distracted and we're looking at all the bright colors and whether you're excited about cars or big animals and all these exciting things to look at as a kid and we get reinforcement, it's pretty easy to suppress and, and just look up and understand, oh, we better read people. Oh, mom is, you know, okay, I, I'm not going to do that now. I need to share with you that, oh, oh, dad is, okay. And even the best of us do this sometimes. And then imagine if there's even more dysfunction than that, just the slight distraction. What does that do to us? Sometimes 
we become so limited by our belief system that we are not enough because of the responses or lack of responses, or of course, if there's a more violent response, if there's a greater dysfunction. That conditioning can help pull us back, help, the reason help, because that's how we can help ourselves in that situation. Are we wrong to do this? No, it's a survival instinct. But do you know that sometimes our conditioning can mimic, can really look like mental illness even when the wiring is not so? When people are out of body, they talk about the wiring, that sometimes there is a biological problem, the wiring is this or that, and they came in with this challenge to learn. Um, I know of one schizophrenic young man, or labeled thus when he was in body, and he's been out of body for several years now. And he talked about why, for him, he was wired that way. And he said he wanted to learn unconditional love. He wanted to be outside the margins so he would learn who loved him and who didn't, but not just that. Who could go on the full ride? You see, this kid, he's heart of gold, great intention, sweetness. But sometimes you didn't know where he was, what he was doing, and it was a very troublesome at times life. And did he accomplish what he came here for? Yes, he did. In fact, he was doing very, very well. And unfortunately, or whatever, you know, we have that conditioning. Oh, it's unfortunate. His mom realizes that he graduated, that he learned what he needed to learn. He had unconditional love. He understood it. And he, his heart was full. No, he did not take himself out of body. It was, in quotes, an accident. But even his mom realizes, what does that mean? There are so many ways to look at this. And of course, the mind tries to make sense of everything. And it's the soul that does the reporting. And he says he accomplished his mission of unconditional love. So there might be a reason that somebody would come in body with a physical, I don't like to use the word impairment, but, but a diversity, something different for growth and for expansion. Sometimes they say they got the double whammy and maybe they bit off a lot because they thought that and felt that and are accomplishing broader and more expansive growth. Sometimes somebody could have something going on in the wiring, especially if it's something that's hereditary that a parent might have. And then of course they're repeating the patterns of the pattern because they're modeling after them and that's what they see. So there's a, it could be a combination, one or both, whether it's the conditioning or the wiring or both. When somebody sees and understands and looks at that life review, the most important thing that can happen out there, they report, is to have forgiveness for themselves. They don't need to be that hard on themselves because it wasn't the soul's intention to shut down. It wasn't the soul's intention to pull back. And whether it was wiring, whether it was conditioning, oh, especially if it's conditioning, the cognizance that somebody will have out of body, they'll be so horrified. They'll feel so badly. And then all oh, the little tricksters out there will say, well, you can help heal. You can help heal your loved ones out there by letting go of the pattern, cutting through the pattern, talking to them, hugging them, 
watching over them in whatever capacity is appropriate, whatever your loved ones would enjoy, allow. They're not peeping toms. They're not shoving us. But they would love to help heal us. Sometimes the impetus to do the work out of body, in fact, very, very often, the impetus is if you do this work and let go of the shame and guilt and understand that there was a pattern that you took and that it was inadvertent, it was not your intention. If you do this, you'll heal, but that's not enough. If you do this, you will literally energ energetically help the people who are affected by this pattern that you would love to have heal, that you didn't want touched by this. If you were conscious of it, you wouldn't want them and actually yourself to be hurt this way. So then the life review continues to the people who perpetuated these patterns. And then what happened to them? Sometimes the father or the mother who was so cold, so cruel that you really, you know, you're out of body now and you hope you're not going to meet up with them. Oh no, that's part of the reason you didn't want to go. If you see what happened to them in their childhood or that they were tempered with, that they were assaulted, you know how many people out there now things are coming to light and people are more accountable. Imagine how many people were hurt in hiding by loved ones, but also by people they did not know. But how much of us we've had to sequester and suppress in order to function. So sometimes we see, we can feel when people are watching that life review of the loved ones who perpetuated a pattern that they want to break, that they want to help break with us. They see the necessity for it, the disassociation, the survival mode. And when they see what the parent, that dysfunctional parent, went through in their childhood, the soul watching this, the child, wants to pick them up and hug them and heal them. How many times have we become the parent while we're still in body? So many of us, you know, they call it what the sandwich generation. We're helping the children, we're helping the parents except there's a little bit of a difference as we're helping the children and as we're feeding them, we know eventually, and, and if, if we're lucky and they're healthy, that eventually they'll be feeding themselves and, and, and expanding. And what about for the parents who are becoming less functional and for the loved ones that we're taking care of and feeding and knowing that, well, they're not going to learn how to feed themselves if we're only going to look at this on this physical plane it's going to be very, very sad. But we're fueling them up and we're taking care of them for the journey back home into that spiritual vibration where they can examine where it is they stopped their own autonomy, where it is that somehow, some way, for some of us, it became shameful to express a naked emotion. Because we realize that we were conditioned to stop that because we weren't eliciting the response we needed. So we went to self-soothing, taking ourselves away and being quiet. And we don't have to be quiet anymore. And when we can do this, take a deep breath. When we can do this, let's do our mantra now. We clothe ourselves in a robe of light composed of the love, the power, and the wisdom of divine consciousness. We wear it not only for our own protection, but also so that those who see it or come in contact 
with it will be drawn to divine and healed. When we've done this, we know that only the highest vibration can come into us. Are we willing to invite our loved ones in to help us and help them let go of the patterns that don't serve? You see, if we do that together, we heal hand in hand, in real time, in a parallel path. Those of us on the physical plane, while we spare ourselves, hopefully, you know, the idea of having to let the mind go so that we can access what's deeper because we're doing it with our mind intact. We're doing it with our heart intact and we can save ourselves a lot of physical dis at ease by doing this and as we know, it's generations in every direction, and not just the generations of who came in from whom, everybody in our lives. It affects the loved ones out of body and those before them who perpetuated these patterns. It helps healing go in both directions, and of course, when we do this, we're no longer carrying the pattern to bring it to those that we really, if we're conscious, we don't want to bring it to. Can we forgive not only our loved one's unconsciousness, but our own? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Imagine if we had the ability to really examine our own behavior and where we held back and where we might not have allowed. And of course, it's the mind doing this because it's an exercise as opposed to the soul's need. But maybe the mind is doing this because the soul is needing to reach out. Maybe we want to reach out and tell someone we love them or comfort somebody. And, and we are held back by some kind of emotion and some conditioning. Imagine if we start to examine that and let it go, the freedom we could have. Because you see, if we start to do that, our mind is still here and we can still decide whether or not we're going to act on it. But when we drop down into the heart, when we drop down into our whole lymphatic system that's guiding us and keeping us well, it wants to guide us. Sometimes it's interesting to bring up the lymphatic system. Sometimes I'll literally get a little tickle under the arm. I pick up a lot of the, the cues in a physical way. And when we're letting go of preconceived notions and carrying things we really don't need, that they're more a mental construct, the body takes it on in some kind of constrictive manner. And 
I'll actually feel when a loved one is out there trying to loosen that up in us as they're letting it go in themselves. They literally will tickle me under the arm. And I'm told that the lymphatic system, again, it's part of our wonderful, wonderful and expansive, how do they like to call it, signal system, antenna. When we sublimate, when we suppress, when we do all of that, we start to manufacture a way for it to escape our body, but not in a manner that we would like. The signal system might give you a sinus headache. Sometimes I'll pick up pressure behind the eyes and in the sinus, and it's because of the tears that haven't been cried. Sometimes the back will ache. It feels like there's no backup. Nobody is backing me up, we might feel. The body takes on whatever is going on that we're trying to figure out with the mind and the body, that sweet body of ours, is trying to correct it so that we'll pay attention to what it is we need. We need some more backup. We need to release the tears. So there's a lot of wisdom happening that can open things up for us. But imagine if we bring our consciousness to it and we collaborate with those who are out of body that we love, Maybe we're mad. Maybe we have some grudges. Maybe, and this is one of the hardest things, for those of us who are left in the physical body, maybe there's something unresolved. As long as somebody is in body, we can hope to resolve whatever it is because, oh, and then the potential is gone in the physical because they went out of body. And part of the grief for so many people is what could have been, you know, the old woulda, coulda, shoulda thing that we do to ourselves what we wish we could have had. And of course, here we're talking about the fact that it's never too late. And our out-of-body loved ones are realizing that out of body, and they want us to help realize that. And they imagine what it would have been like had they let go of these things in, in body. You see, we started to talk about what we are here to accomplish. It's really beautiful out there. We have access to everything. We are... are, are Currency is energy. We come into body, and we have to figure out how to work this on the physical plane. Where will we live? You know, how will we get from here to there? Who likes us? Who doesn't? I mean, the ego gets involved, and, and what it is we want to learn if we're obstinate and insist on what it is our soul wants to say, and so often we're labeled as stubborn and pushed into things that, well, our soul just might not like, and yet, I really do believe, and what I've come to understand through channeling, what I've been taught, is that we come in very specifically designing some of these challenges for ourselves. And no, we're not crazy, but it sounds like a crazy thing to do. But so that the, the soul can learn and expand. You see, when we're designing our coming in and wanting life experiences, of course we have free will while we're here, but we design things to come in and have the challenges that will help our souls grow. We are part of that designing. We do that, and sometimes people come into very, very hard situations, and I'm not saying that everyone made that decision. I mean, that would be, you know, and, and that, that would be... It's that, well, that, that's a mental exercise, taking us somewhere else entirely. But look at it this way, rather than thinking, oh, I can get through that and I'll be fine, and taking on more than we can chew, in a sense. Think of it from the perspective of before you came in body, you're out of body, and there's no lack, 
and it's all love. And you also know that no matter what happens to you in your life span of years in the physical, you're going to come back and be safe and with those you love. So that's the impetus. So if we're deciding, feeling, eager that we can spread the love and get through the challenges, well, let's hope we can remember what it is we came in for. But when it's so confusing and people are throwing us off a little bit because their responses are not really like we talked about what we thought we would elicit when we're smiling and being delightful, we again, we're using our minds and we're figuring out how to do it. And at the same time, we have all those errands we've entrusted ourselves with figuring out how to do it here. Usually, our main thing is in a land of perceived lack where there might not be enough food, housing, love, protection, happiness, how will we behave? Will we, will we want to join in? Will we separate ourselves? How can we best heal? How will we want to help others? That's our soul's intention. It's very rare that I've heard that the soul's intention was not to be kind and good and expansive and bring in love. You know, even sometimes, sometimes people are seeking love in ways that later we think that is the most unloving thing. Now, of course, we have to have boundaries when people are being cruel. But let's say a parent, a grandparent has a bias and they don't like, in quotes, the other, somebody who is physically or emotionally or spiritually or whatever it is different from them. And, you know, the whole victimization and the whole, sometimes we coming in as children might feed into that because we want that family member to love us. We want to be included. So we start to look for inclusion in ways that weren't what we felt when we were out of body. It isn't everyone. It isn't love and connectedness with everyone. We're shutting ourselves down to the other to elicit love from someone. But even that beginning is to get love. And when we understand that, even though we have to have a boundary and help people not treat each other as other, we are all one when we understand that sometimes the root of that was to accommodate to get the smile and to get the hug, it's easier to help us release our own biases that were taught to us, as well as to forgive, or, or even if we're not in the forgiving business per se, to allow us to let go of it. And when we do that, we are literally helping our out-of-body loved ones who are into those patterns that their soul does not admire and their soul does not want to perpetuate. So in the same way that sometimes we could carry a physical thing the way I did with my mom's treatment, cancer treatment, we can carry biases in honor of somebody knowing that those biases, they are not honorable. Oh, no, they're not. But can we still honor the loved one? Yes, we can. Because what they are doing now is choosing choosing, aligning themselves with opening up and trying to understand what they perceive to be the horror of the life review. And they're so upset with themselves, and yet they are back 
in that spiritual home knowing that we're never separated, that we will get it. They're trying to help us. And oh boy, if they can accomplish that with us while we're in body and we can live our lives with that understanding with what it is that we would accomplish with that expansiveness out of body, if we could do it here in body, it not only affects our own generations before and after, it affects the all and it raises the vibration. So who is it, you might ask, that I'm channeling? I'm channeling my loved ones. I know I'm channeling a lot of your loved ones. I'm having people show up while I'm channeling that I've channeled for before who are directing things to their families and also to group speak, so to speak. I'm also picking up a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of parents who are trying to get a message across and I haven't channeled them for their family. This is a rather different learning experience for me. Um, I've channeled for big groups where it's all the out-of-body kids coming in or the out-of-body people where there's a theme. It's people who are looking for their children to communicate. I can channel for individuals. I've channeled for groups where I'm downloading from guides and from loved ones from the members of the group. And so I'll hear from a loved one's member, oh, so-and-so in this group, they want to say this, but it'll pertain in a theory to everyone. Well, this is more expansive, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it, and I'm very, very grateful to be learning a more expansive method of channeling. But I realize you might be wondering, well, who is giving us this information? So I am channeling loved ones out there, maybe yours. And it's very interesting because, again, the time thing, someday we'll talk about time warps. It is a very interesting concept because what is time itself? Sometimes somebody we love who is out of body will come in and they'll tap us on the shoulder and give us a memory and our brain will go to that memory, but we're having something happen right now. There are all kinds of different things we can do to play with time. But who's giving us this information? It feels like, other than the mantra, which I love sharing and doing it along with you as you're listening, the rest of the mantra I do when I'm about to channel for somebody or for a group, and of course I do it before I channel this, but I recommend that just like the mantra for the protection and intention, you do what feels right for you and you invite whoever you would like to have come in and help you. So what I say is please God, guides, people who are here for God's healing, both in body and out of body, angels, archangels, ascended masters. Now, it's, it's fascinating. You can plug in whoever you like. When I'm channeling for somebody, I'll find myself downloading or hearing the ascended masters that are best aligned. Yogananda, Jesus, Sayababa. Muhammad. There are so many avatars and beings, and it's such a broad thing. Can their consciousness be in more than one place at one time? Of course. Mother Mary, she appears to many. Can she be in more than one place? They travel at the speed of thought, but think about how expanded. So, Religiously, when we talk about God or divine consciousness, for me it's all one. 
And uh, remember many years ago when Shirley MacLaine was talking about we are all God. I am God, you are God, we are all God. And a lot of people didn't really understand that and they thought, oh, this actress has an ego problem. The point I believe she was trying to make and, and what I feel too is we are God. When you look at a religion and the religion I'm in, it talks about one God. And yet when I channel divine consciousness and extensions of divine consciousness, avatars, Sayababa, Jesus, Yogananda, these entities or consciousnesses will come in to help and expand. And to me, what, what does it mean in terms of religion being, if you're brought up with the idea of one God, it feels to me that all the gods are part of one consciousness. All the gods are part of one divine, and that includes all of us. So when I'm downloading and when I'm expanding, it feels as if what's coming through is not just the need for those out of body to talk and share and explain and maybe justify and help us understand and to help us. But they're responding in real time. So if I'm channeling for an individual, the person who's channeling will actually stop and respond to their thought unspoken out loud and say, well, I know you're thinking that and this is how I'm responding to that. And people are blown away, not because the person out there is reading the person's mind. Of course, the person who is thinking that is thinking that during the session and directing it to them. Everything you put out to your loved ones, that you do it consciously, whether it's spoken or unspoken, they receive. You know what's really lovely? They've also channeled in so many times that when you pray to a higher place, a higher consciousness, divine consciousness, God, whoever you want to pray to and with, your loved ones will feel the power of that prayer, the light and the healing, the warmth of that prayer as it goes up. It will warm them as it goes higher up. They will not know the content because they might have a feeling. They might know your intention. They might smile and it makes them feel nice. But they aren't privy to what you privately give to that higher up divine consciousness, even to your own higher self. They pick up what is directed towards them, and also they watch over us in, in ways that are not offensive, of course. You know, it's so funny, because people, oh, are they watching when? And you know how, our, our, you know, if you have kids and you say anything sexual, they're all, gross. Well, you know, our parents, are, you know, nobody's really on that page. Anybody who's, you know, with good intention, that's, that's not what they're here hanging out and doing. But they're watching us and they're watching those patterns and they're wanting to help us. Imagine the collaboration. Imagine looking up and saying, you know, I have a feeling this is not how you were wired. I have a feeling that it wasn't your intention. I know that you were so excited to have kids and yet look what, look what happened. But I also know you were brought up by people who were trying to figure it out. I, I saw an interesting, um, somebody posted something interesting, that as we grow up, we realize that our parents were growing up with us as we were growing up. And, and that's really true. And of course, we talk about eventually we become the parent to the parent. We come in to teach. 
and they're here to teach us, and it's only when we have a true collaboration. What an important time to have a collaboration when our loved one, whether they came before us or whether they came through us or came into our family, however they did, or their friend, however they're connected to us in that soul way, wouldn't it be lovely to understand and know that that collaboration is still happening and they do not want us to harm ourselves? You see, the person who was brought up by either a mentally ill or, or a person who was so far into a pattern they didn't know how, or maybe they're even past the intention and maybe they're toxic in that they're taking in toxins, there's alcohol, there's whatever is happening, and they're so far gone and you've been treated a certain way. And maybe you taught yourself to continue to treat yourself this way with disregard and without honor. Imagine your loved one out of body and realizing that they're allowed to honor themselves in some way, even if they perpetuated those behaviors. Imagine learning that that's the way that they can break down the toxic environment that they concocted around themselves and that they lived in, that they can break it down because you know a happy person doesn't behave that way. And so they were self-perpetuating this pattern. When we can have an empathy or understanding even as we acknowledge the damage done and our pain, if we can remember the child we were, no child deserves to be hurt. A child comes in with the birthright to be held and taken care of. Now, of course, we know that there are circumstances, and we talk about aligning ourselves sometimes with those circumstances so that we could grow in the best way we can. But of course, we're remembering the truth of divine love and that we can feel it in every pore, in every breath, and that our breath is divine consciousness. It's mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation always. And then we're living in a situation where we, we know that's true. Our breath, our life, we are divine creatures, we're here. But we forget and we sometimes continue the job. Well, if our parent or guardian or loved one who might have been abusive perpetuated it, you know they were doing it to themselves as they were doing it to you, but they don't understand it. They also don't understand that they're turning their back to the greatest gifts they have in their life. So often when they're looking at these patterns and breaking them down, they explain, I, I not only robbed you, and I'm sorry, but I robbed myself of the greatest gift and the greatest love, and I did not understand. Imagine if we can start to understand and break down those patterns right here what, where we stand. Do we have protection? Of course we do. Do we have guidance? Of course we do. Please, God guides people who are here for God's healing, for my healing, both in body and out of body. Put in whoever you'd like. Name whoever you'd like. Invite in whoever you'd like that you have a feeling is taking responsibility. And I think you'll find them right with you, so joyful. 
that you're joining the party that they're trying to create with you and how they wish they had the understanding and the opportunity while they were in body. And you, you right now, because of your consciousness, because of what you're doing right now and in other parts of your life, you're inviting them in and the healing is happening. God's will be done as we align ourselves not to forget, but to understand and release. Forgiving, that's up to you. I, I know from channeling that our loved ones out there, usually the main person they have to forgive is themselves. When we start to forgive ourselves for aligning with a pattern that we unconsciously perpetuate, yes, we'd like to go back and do a do-over. Uh, another Maya Angelou quote is, when we know better, we do better. I love that one. My head goes to, but why did it take so long? That's the brain. But it's also our good intention. Why did it take so long? Because we might not have had the consciousness or the understanding, we might have been hurting. But in that hurt, we were growing. I don't believe we're ever idle. We're expanding even in our hurt and in our pain even sometimes in our unconsciousness. But you're aligning here. Feel yourself magnetized to the earth field. Feel your feet magnetized to the ground. Feel the spine elongating. Feel the head lifting. Feel the shoulders dropping back and the heart opening up. And when you allow it to have it here, isn't this the new evolution of consciousness? to help release those from the angst that they're trying so hard to help us with, with what they perpetuated to help heal themselves and us. And when we collaborate, imagine the joy just of the endeavor, just of the intention. God's will be done. It happens now. And it's happening. Feel the energy around you. You are doing this. You're choosing this. Take a deep breath. God's will be done. And always remember, those who have passed are present and aligned. When you're crying with relief, they are crying with you with release. Let's collaborate. And let's bring in that joy. Until next time. Thank you for sharing this energy and space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at MarilynCapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show. 
exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.